This is the Infinite Flow Show. The Infinite Flow Show. The Infinite Flow Show. The Infinite Flow Show. Where hip hop, the gospel, and sports intersect. So tired of sitting around, but I know that the money gotta flow and the whip gotta roll like all around the road. The mask gotta be strong on it. We gotta put a lot of songs on it. System banging, necessity on it. Raise up, back call, accessory on it. I'm really trying to make my career upon this. Working toward this. Mr. 24 6, one day for the miscellaneous. Wanna use my brain with it, being main thing, getting loot for a change living. Rewind it if you ain't get it. Man, I hope they get it. Love making lyrics, trying to bring them to your city that's road tripping. Like Ash, trying to catch them all, go get them. Punky ball hit me. Man, I really wanna go up on a road trip. Man, I really wanna go up on a road trip. One thing that he said before he went up, way up, and man, it was no kid. So I'm really tryna go up on a road trip. Tryna get up on my current employment, do my work full time, and enjoy it. Bring you to the globe. Can I get a tour bus real big? So can we go up on a road trip? I wanna go up on a road trip. Let's go up on a road trip. Preparing for the rain Waiting on some joy Been living in this pain Got a couple thoughts Being racing through my brain But I know grace the only way I maintain Nah, I ain't going insane In my membrane Grew up a wild boy Recently I've been tamed Never really focused On the cause of the big change But I've been focused On my drive off in this lane Reason I was made Still figuring a purpose Diamond can't shine Unless you want earth it Looking at my life For the things that I did Keep it 100 Yo, sometimes I feel worthless The dirt needs rain To help us see grow The dark need light To help the beam glow Got a couple questions I really don't know But I'm running with the answer Now I feel like Eric Snow, so this is the remedy, making a better me, using my energy, won't be the enemy, growing up steadily, pray that you said to me, telling a story on top of this melody, friends turn to enemies, even some kin to me, negative energy, won't let it into me, prayers that intercede, time that was spent for me, now I see everything that you got meant for me, struggle only come to make you strong, oh lord I'm praying I can make it through this fight, spend too much time looking back at my wrong, pray I don't get left before I get right, and I made some for your soul, some for your peace, some for control, some for release, some for the lion, some for the sheep, made some for my mama and something for the streets, boy. It's a melody. Woo. It's a melody. Woo. We the land of the bread. New generation making waves. Y'all won't accept it, I'm amazed. No other way around us like a mix. We the album got been sitting on. Not a bigger release, but a different floor. Y'all have come around, that's a pick and roll. Give and go, honor roll, spiritual finger roll. Ah, young is about to shake the nation. Ah, put the pen in penetration. Oh, thinking these comedic, they've been acting up, yeah. We ain't with the acting, it's the activation. Don't you need a different silence? Welcome to the sky, like college elephant up in this game. People give us a silence. Don't believe in the left pedal. We gotta take your mind, it's taking off. And we ain't messing with no water body. Thought I told y'all, thought I told y'all, thought I told y'all. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So that's the commendation that he gave Pergamum. But here's the flip side. Here comes the critique. Here comes Jesus talks about what they were doing well, but here's the things that they weren't doing well, where they were falling short. And what's so crazy to me is this, that Christians can say, I'm a Christian, that they can put on the facade, they can have this facade of righteousness, they can go to church, they can commune with other believers, they can have the Christianese lingo, you know the Christianese, hey brother, how's it going? Jesus loves you, God bless you, and all that stuff, right? But then deep down, they still have sin and unrighteousness intertwined in many aspects of their lives. They're, in essence, remember, Pergamum was in the city that had the throne of Satan there. And these individuals seem to be straddling the line between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. It's like, how far can I go up to that line and not get burnt? But that's, that's in essence what they were doing. And so Jesus says, here, you're doing this right, but I have this against you. Verse 14. But I have a few things against you. You have some there who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the people of Israel so that they would eat food, sacrifice to idols, and practice fornication. The very first question I thought was this. How can this church that is standing for Jesus yet be so filled with idolatry, idolatry and fornication. Again, it's like they, they, they're they kind of half in and half out. How does that happen? How did they become like Balaam, who, by the way, was supposed to be a prophet of God? If you go back and look in the Old Testament, Balaam was considered a prophet for the Lord. Yet, when we look at the life of, of Balaam, each time that you see some type of description about Balaam, it's a negative description. And so in essence, this church was like Balaam. On the outside, they're supposed to be a representative for God, but on the inside, you know what they were doing? They were leading people into corruption. They were leading people into idolatry and fornication. The Bible indicates this about Balaam. Balaam taught the Moabites how to stumble the men of Israel through idolatry and fornication. Why? Because he loved the wages of unrighteousness. He loved unrighteousness. And so you might say, well, okay, how does that relate to us? How does it relate to the church today? Well, here's the thing. Even despite holding on to the name of Christ, the church at Pergamum abandoned the word of God. Go back into the book of Exodus. Exodus, Exodus chapter 20. What did we get in Exodus 20? 
the Ten Commandments. What's the very first commandment? What's the very first thing God says to the nation of Israel? You shall have no other gods before me and you shall not make any idols. Zero. And then later on, he says, you shall not commit adultery. Speaking of sexual immorality. Well, the church at Pergamum, yes, we're Christians, but we have idols and we are sexually explicit. See, today's church and those within the church, to a certain extent, suffer the same thing. We suffer idolatry. You might say, well, what, what kind of idolatry do we suffer? Well, think about this. What's some of the biggest things that people do throughout? I, mean, I don't care if it's throughout the week, on the weekends. Entertainment. Think about entertainment really drives our culture today, especially our young people. I mean, everybody wants to enter, be entertained, whether it's sports, music, TV, movies. Again, I'll go back to my initial thought. There are Christians who say they are followers of God, but they know a Taylor Swift song more than they knew the Bible. They'll know a Drake song or a Lil Wayne song or a Kanye song. They'll know that more than they know God's word. They can repeat song after song. It's interesting. I was at work the other day. I work at a Christian university. And there was, something happened academically, right? And so I went to a, a student and I said, hey, have you heard this song um, by Drake? I think it's called The Motto. Is that the name of the song, The Motto? I said, have you heard that song? And she goes, yeah, I, I know the song. And I say, have you heard the lyrics? She goes, yeah, I've heard the lyrics. And I was like, have you read those lyrics? I was like, the very first line says, I'm the effing man. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> the very first line. There's no like, there's no like ease into it. It's like, boom, off the first line. The Infinite Flow Show, where hip hop, the gospel, and sports intersect. NFL playoffs are in full swing, and just this past weekend we had uh, New England beat the Houston Texans. The Texans beat my Raiders the other week. Unfortunately, the Raiders were, were without their quarterback, David Carr, and I'm not saying that they the Raiders would have beat them if Carr played, but I think they would have had a very, very good chance of beating Houston. And it just shows you in the NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, then you are not going anywhere. And so with the Raiders losing their quarterback, unfortunately, they didn't move forward. But the Texans, they did. They played New England and they lost, uh, which I think most people uh, believe that was going to happen. But we also had Pittsburgh play Kansas City in a very close, uh, tightly contested game. But Pittsburgh came out on top. And so in the AFC championship game, we've got New England versus Pittsburgh. That is going to be a heck of a game. Mike Tomlin, um, if you haven't heard, had some comments that were tape recorded just shortly after the, the game against the Chiefs. And there were some things which people took as a, a derogatory statement or statements against New England. I don't think I, I, I played football in college. And so. I mean, people say things to get up for games all the time. I didn't, I didn't take anything that Mike Tomlin said as a negative. Um, he's just getting his guys ready and prepared 
for this upcoming upcoming game against New England. And so um, I didn't have any problem with what he said. I don't know if New England's going to take it as billboard material, but, you know, so be it. But here's the thing that I, I wanted to kind of talk about and uh, I kind of a question. So as far as teams, what are the most hated teams that are out there right now? And from an NFL standpoint, I would have to say New England is the most hated team in the NFL. And a lot of it has to do with the Belichick factor, the Tom Brady factor, Spygate, etc. Um, I think, I think teams and players think that New England get away with all kinds of stuff and they get, they get breaks and advantages that other teams don't get. And so I would say that at this point, New England is the most hated team in the NFL. But besides that, here's the thing that I, I think most people really hate about New England. And I don't care what, I don't care what, um, professional teams, I don't care what area of life. I just think that when people win, you know, people are jealous. They become haters because they win. And, you know, if you could say whatever you want, again, Spygate, you know, they get breaks, the Belichick factor, whatever the case might be. But here's the thing. New England has proven itself year after year after year to be competitive, that they're going to be in the mix when it comes to making a run in the playoffs. And, you know, they have proven themselves that they are Super Bowl contenders every single year. And I think that's why people hate them the most. Because if you think about it, you always want to knock off the best. Whoever's at the pinnacle, whoever's at the top, you want to bring them down. And at this point, England is at that pinnacle. They're at the top. I think they are the team that each and every NFL team is shooting for every year. It's kind of like what what you would say in the NBA with the San Antonio Spurs and the kind of the Greg Popovich factor. You know, it now San Antonio doesn't win it every year, but they are at the top every single year. And teams they really gauge themselves against the San Antonio Spurs. They look at it from an organizational standpoint, player standpoint, coaching, etc. They look at them as that is the pinnacle that we need to reach, that we need to get to. And I think that's the same thing when we look at the NFL and New England. New England is that team. They're at the pinnacle. They got great ownership. They got obviously a Hall of Fame coach in Bill Belichick. They have a Hall of Fame quarterback in Tom Brady. And then they just fill in the pieces. You know, they, they it seems that their offensive line is steady every single year. They seem to get good running back play. Um, they, they, they just fill in wide receivers here and there. Um, their, their defense, I wouldn't say top notch, but pretty solid every single year. And so when you, when you look at the New England Patriots, I, I think that's, that's the pinnacle in the NFL and people hate it. They hate it with a passion. But here's my thought. Hey, if you want to knock up, knock them off, if you want to get them off that pinnacle, beat them. 
flat out beat them. Get in there and beat them. You know, a couple of years ago, we had Seattle, um, you know, go in and Seattle was, you know, kind of knocking on that door of the pinnacle and they had a chance to kind of solidify themselves a little bit and they could have beat New England, but they didn't. They didn't. And so the thing about it is if you want to beat the best and get them off that pinnacle, then you got to go out and do it on the field. You can, you can stop being a hater. You can stop saying, Oh, they get the breaks. They get this. And I'm not saying that new England doesn't, I'm, I'm, you know, New England probably has gotten their fair share of breaks and, you know, how Tom Brady is treated, you know, he's kind of like the golden boy of the NFL. But at the end of the day, it's all about winning and they win. And so if you want to get them off of that, then go out and beat them. So who's standing in front of me? I heard it, it's a handicap match. Uh, eyes looking like one and three. Oh. Born to raise in a two or three. The new deserver still probably living. The gangsters always want to live with pain. Running cold with a Tommy with a mo. God, 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 God. And they still busting that drummer sound. They always want to be six feet. 
Imagine that living underground. Imagine never living up and down. Imagine happiness all around. Imagine the heaven gates open with a straight golden and a trumpet sounds. Oh, God, 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 That's a triple threat. Don't you disrespect. God is calling you. Don't you disconnect. Seven stories high. Don't you miss a step. Crazy faith. You be wildin'. Spring flow. You know I move with pollen. I can share the gospel to the congressman and the parliament. You know, Boosie Collins. Oh, came from the north side. Man, I just came from the north side. What is that? Came from the north side. Man, I just came from the north side. Uh, back in the floor ground, man. I'm just back in the floor ground. What uh, is it? Walk on the shoreline, man. I just look like the tall guy. Who with concerns? May not. I found this treasure, and it's locked. It's in this chest. It won't open. I can't forsake it. I wish that I could just break the restraining force. Let's force it open. Found it in the wide open. No one believes me. They'll take the drinks and bikinis. I understand. I'll intercede, but I don't blame them. I was once there. When I was shown a map, I didn't believe the shipwreck Told me a broken vessel was sunken, but the treasure lived on Told me whatever's in it was better than living Man, y'all stupid Life itself is all we got up in this crap hole Like an illogical dummy comparing oranges to apples for low key I'm out for my cheddar, I'm in this rat race Running to my rat hole I put it in the safe and at the end of the day My goal's to build above the surface Could care less about the earnings But better know that I've earned it but all that's changed, so save me, save me. Them things that I wanted, they don't compare to the action to chase. The excitement and satisfaction, the treasure is what I'm after. Are ye maybes about action? Cause I ain't got none, but I don't need the backup. But I don't back down, I search so far, and going back now. Over the seven seas like they playing oceans on repeats. Hello. Hello, this is the music of D1, who just so happens to be my grandson, along with Lupe Fiasco and Big Crit. Let's go. They say I keep it too real. Oh, well, I ain't got no chill. I ain't in this game to prostitute my soul for dollar bills. And the streets is going down. Titanic. God got me though. Why panic? Who cares if you die rich if you ain't dynamic? Black verse, white, black verse, black rich verse, bone hero verse, Christ the verse, knife field verse, face eight verse, God love verse, hate. Hustling in my shit. I fell asleep bumping Chris Wallace. I got big dreams. Man, what it do? Got Lupe, got Twin, everybody know we trail. What you rap about? Can the folks? You don't see the times me and you ain't real. And yeah, I'm Christian. But Muslims, Hindus, and every religion all know one thing. That boy spitting. Huh. A real rap dude. Better demons every day. Like, where they at, dude? I'm D1. Top five is where I normally rank up. You got money in the bank, but you morally bankrupt, boy. But I was like, that's amazing, though, that people will know those songs and those lyrics. It, another YouTube video I was watching, and really the influence of entertainment, the game. I'm going to guess most of you know who the game is. Gangster rapper from Los Angeles, Compton area. So he was over in Europe doing a concert, and he brought this white 12, I think the kid was either 12 or 13 European kid up on stage and and he did one of his songs and this kid was he he wasn't rapping this kid rapped the whole song word by word by word he knew the intonations everything and it tripped me out i was like whoa these kids over in europe know this guy's songs again he's leading people into worship but it's amazing that christians will say 
I follow the Lord, but you can't tell me what what God's word says, how it should be uh, lived out, how it is, how it impacts my life. But you can know all of these songs. That's idolatry. There are those who say that, you know what? I'm a Christian, but you can't tell me the Christian essentials of the faith. But you can tell me all the details about what happened with every sports team, USC, UCLA, Clemson, Nebraska, et cetera, et cetera. There are individuals who are seeking out pleasure, hedonism. Hedonism is the seeking of pleasure. They will pursue after pleasure and indulgence. And the Bible says this, that I should live in a manner that pleases who? Not myself, that pleases God. One of the things that happens on Friday is this. At work, wherever you are, hey, what are you doing this weekend? What's happening? What, what, what do you have going on this weekend? And what will people say? People will say, hey, I'm, I'm, I got a birthday party. I got a party that I'm going to. Or I'm, in, I'm hanging out at Disneyland with the family. We're going to the beach. We're, I'm just hanging out with friends. See, I'm not saying those are bad things, but if those are the only things that you are concerned about pleasing yourself versus pleasing God, that's idolatry. And see, self-pleasure is not the thing that we should be focused on. See, it would be really cool if God's people, if you say, hey, what are you doing this weekend? I'm getting together and I'm going to pray for my family. I'm getting together and praying for individuals that really need prayer. Or I'm going to get together with some folks and we're going to memorize scripture together. Or we're going to get together and we're going to study the word of God so that I might be a better representative and ambassador of Jesus Christ. How many times do you hear that? What are you doing on Friday, this weekend? Never. Never. Now, there might be some who are hearing this and you're saying, you know what, he's right. But there are others, unfortunately, who are saying, but doing all those things, that's not fun. That's boring. That's going to mess up my weekend. That's going to disrupt some stuff. And this is what I would say. You, my brother and sister, are the person that Jesus is speaking to. You're like the church in Pergamum, like some of the members in Pergamum. You are an idol worshiper. You have one who has other things that are more important than Jesus. And based upon what we read here in Revelation, Jesus will come against you. He also goes on and talks about sexual immorality. Again, I spoke about same-sex marriage, gender issues. Those are at the forefront of our culture and they're impacting every aspect of our society. And the world that we live in is adamant about subjectively deciding what is right and wrong when it comes to the topic of sex. And it's interesting how this is kind of intertwined or really subverted itself into the church remember again when my daughter when she was getting ready to go to to san francisco i started looking for churches because i told her the only way you're going to go up there is if you go to church you you got to promise me you go to church every sunday she goes i promise i said okay let me find you a church and as i was looking at the churches up in san francisco a good majority of a good majority of them affirm the gay lifestyle. 
and same sex. I was blown away. I was like, wait a second. But you're supposed to be the people of God, and yet you are affirming the gay lifestyle and some of these transgender things. And I thought to myself, that's the church of Pergamum. That's the church of Pergamum. And again, Jesus says, I have this against you. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. And so the scriptures are very plain. I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in her heart. Jesus said this about the woman who was caught in adultery. He just didn't say, oh, you're good. He said this, go and sin no more. Paul said this, for this reason, God gave them up to degrading passions. Their women exchanged natural intercourse for unnatural. And in the same way, also the men giving up natural intercourse with women were consumed with passion for one another. Men committed, and no, he doesn't say, oh yeah, thumbs up, that's good. No, he says, it's shameless acts. And there is a penalty that is due for their error. And Paul finally says this, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you of a kind that is not even found among pagans for a man is living with his father's wife. And so when you, I mean, I could go on, but when you look at the scriptures, it indicates that sexual immorality, gay marriage or same-sex marriage, it is against God's word. The Infinite Flow Show, where hip-hop, the gospel, and sports intersect. And speaking about uh, teams that are hated, what do you think about in the college basketball? Who's the team that you think is most hated? And for me, right off the top of my head, you, you know who I think about? instantaneous is the Duke blue devils. I think every single college team thinks, okay, Duke, that's the most hated team. And, and, and Hey, Krzyzewski is great. We all know that Mike Krzyzewski is one of the best coaches who's ever coached, who's ever stood on the sidelines. We, we get that. But I just think that people just hate Duke. I remember Jalen Rose, when he, his uh, 30 for 30, when they talked about his Michigan teams going against Duke and, you know, Jalen brought in a little bit of the race factor, you know, that, you know, Duke is seen as this kind of pristine white university. And then Michigan was like the, like the, the brothers from the hood who represent like the everyday common dude. And, but he goes, man, we hated Duke. I remember, um, this was some years ago. I went to the final four. Um, it was held in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And at that time I was working for a company and we brought in a former coach. His name was Mike Jarvis. Mike Jarvis at that time was coaching, I believe at George Washington university. And he was talking about the landscape of college basketball and some other things. And so they had a Q and get Q and a after his, his little talk. And somebody asked him about, 
you know, teams. And um, I think at that time, Duke was in the final four. And he goes, yeah, you know, he goes, hey, Mike has done a great do- job speaking to Mike Krzyzewski and they got a good team. He goes, but it always seems like Duke gets the breaks. Like they always get the breaks. And I think that's one of the things that people hate. It's that it appears or it seems like Duke is always one step ahead. They're, they're getting things that other teams don't get, that they don't receive. And so when you think about Duke, I always think of, I mean, good players, um, you know, your Bobby Hurley's, your Grant Hills, um, recently Okafor, Jalil Okafor. And, but it just seems like everybody wants to take them out. If there's one team that you want to take out, I want to play Duke and I want to take them out. Yeah, I, I you know, thinking back a, a, some years ago, I remember, you know, obviously North Carolina is, is a storied program and it, for a while there in the ACC, it was Duke, North Carolina, Duke, North Carolina. And I remember this one year, Duke was superior to North Carolina and, but North Carolina had a pretty good run in the ACC tournament. And so it was going to be Duke and North Carolina for the ACC championship. And I remember they, they were interviewing this, the starting point guard for North Carolina at the time. And I can't remember his name. He was a really good player. I can't remember his name though, but they asked him, so who do you want? And he goes, we want Duke. We want Duke. That was, that was the, that was the mantra. Duke. Everybody wants to take Duke out. That's the, that's the hated team. But again, I go back to what I said a little bit earlier about the New New England Patriots. Hey, if you want to take them out, if you want to knock them off the pedestal, then you got to beat them and you got to do it consistently. And so for those Duke haters, and I'm I'm not a Duke hater one way or another, uh, but for those folks who are Duke haters, here's the thing I would say, you got to beat them. If you want to knock them off the pedestal, I'm covered in his blood like he was slaughtered on me. Invest in real life stock, not the Dow Jones. I love to see the feast of weeks, the real ceremony. So we the people of the book, not the white ones. Looking for directions, I can see to the right one. Occupy the earth, minister until the light come. I don't want to bite unless it's bread from the communion. Yeah, we waiting on the day come. Family reunion, IGJ, we taking over media. Fat up off that world, tell me who be feeding ya. Shout out to the girls that keep their purity. God delights in that, you are more than puberty. That's in the song, Taliban with the flow, dropping bombs. About the Father's work, all love dropping arms. We the church, Sunday like the palm. We've been purchased by the Christ, King of Calm, King of Calm. I done been around a whole lot, I done even seen a whole lot. I done seen them live a whole lot, and I done seen them die a whole lot. And I done been around a whole lot, I done even seen a whole lot. Yeah. 
her and me won't be together. Won't be too selfish, selfish. I don't need it selfish. Living with these heartbreak, but these hate always is selfless. Looking for some grace in the prime, hearing it now. My favorite's bringing the bass from my lover's stereo sound. Living with black clothes, uh-huh. just a little kid, big a dream, leading to follow. Seeing everything that's going on with my eyes closed. It's funny how you look at every moment with your eyes bold. Back to back, the gossip and chat to chat. Slipping her snakes and rats to match. I'm like, oh man, city is out of sea. They say I'm the gifted one, so am I the prodigy? You believe it, I gotta be. They said it's the god of me. Never been out for me. Never will rise and fall. That's only for all the these. Check up on my time, give me room and space. All I need is just another record to fulfill my place. Tell me how you feeling. Tell me how you winning. Is the love of God deep in your life or you sinning? Tell me how the essence when the sun is down. The road is crazy, but it's better when you come around. Uh. I hit the lotto and got a motto. I'm trying to get her off of that Moscato and sipping the bottle. Let her know that she worth every bit of a million dollars and give her every word of my artillery. I am a scholar, I am a pilot. You are flying with me today. Me and you gonna take over the world. We flying away. I ain't never really wanna go into outer space, but there go the moon. I see the stars when I see. Phase right now, I don't calm down. I'm on a mission. That's why my daddy was paying tuition. Got a whole lot to say when people paying to listen. I give them truth over bars, and I don't know any different. But hold up, hold up, 'cause everybody always telling me to grow up. So um, I'm in the studio right now, and I don't see no reason to turn down. 'Cause you know the motto, full throttle. Uh, you know the motto, full throttle, full throttle. You know the motto, full throttle. I'm going hard right now. I'll be going in tomorrow. So Jesus, again, his response is this. I have this against you. And so in verse 15, he says this. So you also have some who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Remember previously, Jesus commended the Ephesian church. So at the beginning of this chapter, he commended the Ephesian church because they hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans. It is believed that the Nicolaitans were extremely sinful in their behavior. But Pergamum allowed this behavior to be a part of their church and their church community. And once again, I would say this, that God hates sin 
and his people should hate sin. Therefore, here's the recommendation. Verse 16, repent. If not, I will come to you soon and make war against them with the sword of my mouth. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. To everyone who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give a white stone, and on the white stone is written a new name that no one knows except the one who receives it. And here's what I would say Jesus' desire is. When we are in sin, what does it say? Repent. Repent. Repentance is a changing of the mind, thought, actions, and deeds. It's a changing of direction. But if you don't repent, there is judgment that is coming. No, I will soon, I'm, I'm sorry, I will come soon and make war against them with what? The only offensive weapon that the Roman soldier would carry? The sword. You will be judged by the word of God. If you are disobedient to the word of God, you will be judged for your unrighteousness. And so John and Jesus are saying, repent, turn from unrighteousness, turn from sin. And then he says in verse 17, and let anyone who has an ear listen to what the spirit is saying to the churches. Again, for a Jew to hear it was what? To obey. And to everyone who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna and I will give a white stone. And on the white stone is written a name that no one knows except the one who receives it. Remember, manna was that which was given to the nation of Israel when they were in the desert. As they walked for 40 years, they murmured and complained, we have no food. And God rained down manna so that they could eat. It was the provision of God. It was the natural provision of God. Well, here's what Jesus said. As Jesus in the gospel said this, I am what? The bread of life. I am the bread from heaven. See, Jesus is the one who provides us eternal provision. Not just that which is natural that we have here, but he provides us that eternal provision. And so he says, if you repent and you follow me, I will provide everything that you need for eternal life. But then he also says this, and I will give you a white stone. Now, the commentaries and the commentators and theologians, there's no certainty about what that means, the white stone. But here's the thing that I do know. Jesus is called also what? He's called a stone or a rock. And see, the white piece of portion of it speaks of purity and wisdom. Again, note what, note what he stated about Jesus before. Remember, he had white hair. And remember, white speaks of being an elder, but being wise or wisdom. And so the manna that Jesus, I mean, that John speaks of and the stone, which is also spoken of Jesus is this. For those who repent and overcome, Jesus will provide all of the eternal provisions that are needed and rewards associated with being faithful unto him. And see, that's the call. So the church of Pergamum, hey, I see that you have a name of Christ, 
but it's much more than just having a name of Christ. You need to get rid of all the unrighteousness, the idolatry, the fornication, and you need to turn back to me. That's a call for the church at Pergamum, but that's a call for the church today, for us who were called Christians. If you find yourself in that same situation, Jesus is saying, repent. You have the opportunity to turn and come back to me. And now for the what y'all tripping segment. I'm not even sure if I can even state this as sporting news, but it's been I've seen it in sports. I've seen it in entertainment. Um, It's kind of a cross section. But so there's two guys, which I'm sure most people have heard of. Chris Brown, who is a singer, uh, very well known. And Soldier Boy, who's a rapper. I guess they've been going back and forth and they are angry with one another and they've been throwing jabs via social media and et cetera. And so I guess they are going to fight each other in the ring. I believe Floyd Mayweather has gotten involved with this 50 cent. Um, You've got the games manager, WAC 100, who supposedly is putting his, his hand in the mix. And so these two guys are going to, I guess, jump in the ring and fight each other. Supposedly, Soldier Boy has been training. I'm not sure about Chris Brown, but supposedly they are going to get in the ring and settle their differences. Now, here's the thing. This is so stupid. First and foremost, neither one of them box, not professionally. I I have a feeling this is going to go maybe two, three rounds, and then they are going to fall out in exhaustion. But it is so crazy. And here's the other thing. I I guess both of them are quote unquote gang members or gang affiliated. And so they are in, they are bloods um, by affiliation. And I'm thinking to myself, why are you guys doing this? You guys have made millions and millions and millions of dollars. Instead of, you know, associating yourself with a gang, why don't you disassociate yourself from that and really stand up and provide a positive role model for young men and women and say, Hey, you don't have to go this route. Why don't you, you know, go to school? Why don't you, you know, work on being a positive um, role model within your communities? Why don't you do something else that can be beneficial to your community, to your family and providing a way out of gang life versus promoting it doesn't make any kind of sense to me. And I've never really have understood why, you know, folks who 
are millionaires or have made it out of that type of lifestyle, why they would want to glorify it instead of saying, hey, you know what? Instead of doing this, why don't you direct your energy to something, again, that is worthwhile, that is beneficial, uh, that is productive. And so for these two young men, you get my what y'all are tripping award for this week. Hey, guys, knock it off. Why don't you guys instead say, you know what, let's squash this and let's show young black men and women how we can truly be productive and positive citizens within our communities. That would be much more uplifting than going in and trying to fight each other for something that is senseless. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. We will have new episodes every two weeks, so come back and join us for the Infinite Flow Show, where hip-hop, the gospel, and sports intersect.